cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And we have a lot to cover today. So we have a, a lot of audio clips that I want to share with you. And I'm going to try my, in my earnest to get it done. That means I have to not talk as much. Sometimes I talk too much. And I don't get all the clips, audio clips that I want to share out there. A lot of these audio clips motivate my own thoughts, and I think they can motivate your thoughts as well, and uh, just as well. And uh, so that's where we want to start. So Tucker Carlson is, as you know, back on Twitter, and Tucker Carlson has his show on Twitter. And he... uh, he was talking about you know the thing that's happening in Ukraine with this this uh dam that that exploded and like the Nord Stream 2 they're trying to blame Russia and the thing is I went and did research on that and I was looking at a bunch of tweets from 2022 and it was kind of interesting where Ukraine was trying to blow it up and it's because when you blow the dam up, it, it is a, a dam in Ukraine. When you blow that dam up, it floods Ukraine. That's true. But that dam also allows water to flow into Crimea. And Crimea, as it, as it stands right now, belongs to Russia. And that's a very important port. And it's a strategic port of entry for supply chain. And Crimea was essential for Russia to take it uh, away from Ukraine. And they did that under the nose of Barack Obama. Keep in mind that Russia never, you know, took anything from Ukraine under Trump. It was only under Obama and Biden that they get played like fiddles. Are fools. 
right? I mean, that's obvious, right? One plus one is two, right? We got this. So, you know, all these libtards that want to support Biden or Obama uh, can, can suck on that for a little bit. You know, that factoid. Um, and, and so, you know, when I was listening to Tucker talk about this, though, he just, I think he, his analysis was so brilliant on this that I, I want to share it with you. Because it mimics exactly what I would say on the issue. And uh, so I am going to share it with you now. And and then we have another clip that is brilliant, that is talking about uh, um, Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> yeah, Dylan Mulvaney becoming a lesbian. And basically he likes women, so, you know. Uh, but he thinks he wants to get pregnant, but he wants to be the bearer of the child, yet he likes women, so wouldn't it be easier for a real woman to have the baby? You have to listen to this. <laughs> so it's very entertaining. Then we have Jimmy Dory, a uh, com- comedian, talk show host, that I think has really great political chops as well. And uh, I've I've followed Jimmy Dory for quite a, quite a long time. And so we have some audio clips that are very entertaining. And uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start off with Tucker Carlson, because Tucker's back, obviously. And we're going to take a listen to this, because I think his analysis on this issue is brilliant. So let's listen now. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. This morning, it looks like somebody blew up the Kokovka Dam in southern Ukraine. The rushing wall of water wiped out entire villages, destroyed a critical hydropower plant, and as of tonight, puts the largest nuclear reactor in Europe in danger of melting down. So if this was intentional, it was not a military tactic. It was an act of terrorism. The question is, who did it? Well, let's see. The Kokovka Dam was effectively Russian. It was built by the Russian government. It currently sits in Russian-controlled territory. The dam's reservoir supplies water to Crimea, which has been, for the last 240 years, home of the Russian Black Sea Fleet. Blowing up the dam may be bad for Ukraine, but it hurts Russia more. And for precisely that reason, the Ukrainian government has considered destroying it. In December, the Washington Post quoted a Ukrainian general saying his men had fired American-made rockets at the dam's floodgate as a test strike. So really, once the facts start coming in, it becomes much less of a mystery what might have happened to the dam. Any fair person would conclude that the Ukrainians probably blew it up, just as you would assume they blew up Nord Stream, the Russian natural gas pipeline, last fall. And in fact, the Ukrainians did do that, as we now know. It's not like Vladimir Putin is anxious to wage war on himself. Oh, but that's where you're wrong, Mr. and Mrs. Cable News Consumer. Vladimir Putin is exactly that sort of man, the sort of man who'd shoot himself to death in order to annoy you. We know this from the American media, which wasted no time this morning in accusing the Russians of sabotaging their own infrastructure. Bill Kristol, the man who once told us that Saddam Hussein was responsible for 9-11, immediately denounced Putin as a war criminal and even more savagely compared him to Donald Trump. 
The rest of the pundit class made similar clearly coordinated noises. Putin did it! Putin did it! And their reasoning was simple. Putin is evil, and evil people do evil things purely for the dark joy of being evil. In this specific case, Putin attacked himself, which is the most evil thing you can do, and therefore perfectly in character for a man that evil. That was their explanation. No one who's paid to cover these things seemed to entertain even the possibility it could have been the Ukrainians who did it. No chance of that. Ukraine, as you may have heard, is led by a man called Zelensky. And we can say for a dead certain fact that he was not involved. He couldn't have been. Zelensky is too decent for terrorism. Now, you see him on television, and it's true you might form a different impression. Sweaty and rat-like, a comedian turned oligarch, a persecutor of Christians, a friend of BlackRock. But don't believe your own eyes. Actually, Mr. Zelensky is a very good man. The best, really. As George W. Bush once noted, he is our generation's Winston Churchill. Of all the people in the world, our shifty, dead-eyed Ukrainian friend in the tracksuit is uniquely incapable of blowing up a dam. He's literally a living saint, a man in whom there is no sin. That's why Lindsey Graham is so attracted to him. They're just two good people, hanging out together and being good. And like all good people, when they meet in person, they spend a lot of time talking about killing people and laughing like friends do. Here's the pair last week. Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. It's the best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. Now it's... The Russians are dying. It's the best money we've ever spent, Graham says. A smile spreads across his thin, quivering lips as he forms the words. He looks like a starving man contemplating a breakfast buffet. The aroma of death has aroused Lindsey Graham. Thanks so much, replies Zelensky. He feels the same way. See, there's nothing dark here. Just two middle-aged guys celebrating the killing of a population. They don't seem like the kind of people who'd enjoy flooding villages or starting a famine. And in any case, who cares if they are? It's really not your business. Your job is to support Ukraine. Watch Nikki Haley, a Republican candidate for president, explain this principle on CNN. A win for Ukraine is a win for all of us. And for them to sit there and say that this is a territorial dispute, that's just not the case. To say that we should stay neutral, it is in the best interest of America. It's in the best interest of our national security for Ukraine to win. We have to see this through. We have to finish it. See, it's very easy to understand. It is vitally important for you to support Ukraine because it's necessary for Ukraine to be supported by you. Your support is mandatory until it's finished, whatever it is and whatever that means. So shut up and support Ukraine or else you're in trouble. Back when they still taught logic, statements like this were known as tautologies. Something is true because it is. The more you repeat it, the truer it becomes. It's a self-reinforcing reality. There was a time when tautologies were considered illegitimate arguments, not to mention hilariously stupid. Only dumb people talk like that. Now everybody in power talks like that. Diversity is our strength. Trans women are women. Zelensky is Churchill. It's all self-evidently true. Doesn't need an explanation and don't ask questions. Sound familiar? Of course it does. That's the pap they're serving us day after day in steaming lumpy portions. By this point, it's possible that American citizens are the least informed people in the world. 
Your average yak herder in Tajikistan knows who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. It's obvious. Does he think some skinny dude in a dress is actually a girl? (laughs) Come on. That idea would never occur to him. You've got to be lied to at full volume over a period of years in order to reach conclusions like that. And of course, we have been. The media lie. They do. But mostly they just ignore the stories that matter. What's happened to the hundreds of billions of U.S. dollars we've sent to Ukraine? No clue. Who organized those BLM riots three years ago? No one's gotten to the bottom of that. What exactly happened on 9-11? Well, it's still classified. How did Jeffrey Epstein make all that money? How did he die? How about JFK? And so endlessly on. Not only are the media not interested in any of this, they are actively hostile to anybody who is. In journalism, curiosity is the gravest crime. Yesterday, for example, a former Air Force officer who worked for years in military intelligence came forward as a whistleblower to reveal that the U.S. government has physical evidence of crashed non-human-made aircraft, as well as the bodies of the pilots who flew those aircraft. The Pentagon has spent decades studying these otherworldly remains in order to build more technologically advanced weapon systems. Okay, that's what the former intel officer revealed, and it was clear he was telling the truth. In other words, UFOs are actually real, and apparently so is extraterrestrial life. Now we know. In a normal country, this news would qualify as a bombshell, the story of the millennium. But in our country, it doesn't. The whistleblower's account ran on a technology website called The Debrief, which you've probably never heard of. The Washington Post had that story, but decided not to run it. The New York Times, meanwhile, just pretended it never happened. On the front page of the New York Times website this morning, there were five stories about Ukraine, as well as four stories apiece about Donald Trump, trans people, and climate change, the usual lineup. There was nothing at all about how an alien species is flying hypersonic aircraft over our cities. Not one word. So if you're wondering why our country seems so dysfunctional, this is a big part of the reason. Nobody knows what's happening. A small group of people control access to all relevant information, and the rest of us don't know. We're allowed to yap all we want about racism, but go ahead and talk about something that really matters and see what happens. If you keep it up, they'll make you be quiet. Trust us. That's how they maintain control. When Western tourists first started traveling in large numbers to the Soviet Union in the early 1970s, they found that many Russians had a completely warped understanding of the United States. They thought that Americans lived in grinding poverty in a state of perpetual race war and were desperate to flee to the freedom and prosperity of the Eastern Bloc. They thought this because that's what they had been told. They had no way to know otherwise. The few Russians who understood what was really going on in the rest of the world had learned about it from listening to shortwave radio broadcasts, sometimes under the covers so the neighbors wouldn't hear. Fifty years later, it is bewildering to consider the ironies here. We're the ones who live in ignorance now. The U.S. government has managed to classify more than a billion so-called public documents. So at this point, we can't possibly know what our leaders are doing. We're not allowed to know. By definition, that is not a democracy. Yet it's fine with the media. Secrecy is a powerful tool of control. Stop asking how we got so rich. Here's another story about racism. Go eat each other. That's the program. That's how most of us now live here in the United States. Manipulated by lies, silenced by taboos. 
It is unhealthy and it's dehumanizing, and we're tired of it. As of today, we've come to Twitter, which we hope will be the shortwave radio under the blankets. We're told there are no gatekeepers here. If that turns out to be false, we'll leave. But in the meantime, we are grateful to be here. We'll be back with much more very soon. All right. So that was Tucker, uh, his first episode on Twitter. And uh, Elon Musk retweeted that and said, would be great to have shows from all parts of the political spectrum on the platform. And I'm, I'm all about that. Bring a left wing show on. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. As long as we have some balance. You know, I don't mind having civil debate. I just don't want the bias and the underhandedness. You know, Elon Musk also did a couple of things. And again, I tell people I could, I trust him as far as I could throw him because there's a lot of things about Elon Musk I don't trust. But I will say this that uh, when the Daily Wire, an organization I'm not a big fan of, came out with What is a Woman with Matt Walsh, that movie, an hour and a half, um, was banned on Twitter, and Elon Musk fired the executive that basically censored that, said it was hateful speech and things like that, And he not only retweeted, he said, everybody should watch this. And it's because he himself was a victim of hazing uh, growing up. And it's dear to him. It's a personal issue with him. So as I was watching this and listening to it with you, this Tucker piece, I noticed that Mel Gibson was trending on Twitter. And uh, I wanted to play this. I have not heard this audio clip. So I don't know what we're going to hear, actually. But it turns out that Mel Gibson is dropping a four-part documentary on child sex trafficking, particularly in Hollywood. And I've heard a clip from Mel Gibson Back when he was young, like 20 years ago, he said when he first got to Hollywood, he thought that uh, things were really strange. And what he said was so eye-opening. It was unbelievable. And it's gotten to, into his crawl, you know, like for quite some time. So we're going to listen to this together. I promise you, I've never heard this. I don't know what's going to be said. If it's not pertinent, um, then I'm just going to stop it. But uh, uh, I, I think it might be interesting. Let's just take a listen together. Ukraine got a phone call from Mel Gibson. He actually did the final edit of The Sound of Freedom. That's how we know each other, but not well, not well enough that I'd be getting phone calls. And he told me that he was in Budapest at the time. This was right hours after the invasion. And he said he supports a bunch of orphans in Ukraine and he was worried about them. And he asked if I could help get them out. So now I've got 12 from my wife. I got 13 others from Mel Gibson. And I'm thinking, okay, I got this list of kids I got to get out. Um, I told Mel, I said, you got to help me. This is going to be expensive. I won't ask you for direct donation, but can you help me film this? You know, let's film what's happening so we can get people to understand and they can support us. He said, no problem. He helped us get set up and started filming. Four months later, what I thought was going to be maybe a documentary about Ukraine ends up being a four-part docuseries. 
It's almost done. It's being produced by DNA Films and executive produced by Tony Robbins. That's how crazy it got and how prophetic my wife was. When I showed up in Ukraine with a list of, I think, 20 names, the Ukrainians countered me and gave me over 10,000 names of orphans that they didn't know where they were because of the chaos caused by war. And more importantly and, and more frightening to me was the fact that I know that human trafficking is a $32 billion a year business. It's the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world. And I also know how kids get forced into that market. And it's through vulnerable situations like in the aftermath of a hurricane, mostly in a developed country or an earthquake, or in this case, a war. And so the traffickers call it harvest time. And that was the intel we were getting. And so we weren't just there to extract those kids, but look for leads. And it really was a miracle what happened. You know, it's, it's one of these things that, you know, faith precedes the miracle. I take a lot of comfort in the fact that there's only one time in the scripture where Jesus gets mafioso. It's righteous because it's Jesus doing it. But if you listen to his words, it's mafioso. He says that it would be better for you to have a millstone cast about your neck and you thrown to the bottom of the sea than that you would hurt one of these little ones, my children. That's mafioso action, sinking someone to the bottom of the ocean. And Jesus said it. So I know where he stands on it, so I can expect, and we can expect, miracles when we're fighting to protect children. I never thought, I never dreamed there'd be a day when... All right, so that that cut off uh, two minutes and 36 seconds, and uh, that's all that they gave us. But... uh, that's very interesting, this uh, four-part document. Remember Haiti, right? The Clintons exploited these children. Trust me, there's a lot here. And, uh, wow, almost gives me goosebumps. So, uh, related to the Ukrainian flood, uh, floodwaters are rising in southern Ukraine after a hydroelectric dam was breached overnight in the city of... Kojova, uh, Kojoka, um, Ukrainian energy expert, uh, says it's clear that Russia was behind the attack. And then uh, Democracy Now! is interviewing this guy, right? And I could play the audio. I'm not going to waste your time. And <clears throat> this guy, Aaron Mati, uh, says Democracy Now! failed to inform their audience that their guest, who insists that Russia bombed the dam, works for an organization funded by the European Union and German's foreign ministry, which are part of NATO's proxy war coalition. So there's a lot of disinformation going out there. That's my point. So this is really a funny piece. Dylan Mulvaney is now a lesbian with 11 million followers on TikTok. So the dude likes women, but insists that he would like to have a baby, stating he would be the one getting pregnant. I'm guessing his lesbian lover will carry their baby. Biden met with this nut job. So basically, you know, this is what the liberals are all about. We know that this is a weaponization of a, and it's a mission. We know that this is not to be taken lightly. We know now that the fact that we're even talking about it is a waste of breath. 
And normally, we would never have these conversations in a normal, healthy environment. We would never, ever have to bring this up for discussion. And so when you take a look at your neighbor who happens to be Democrat, if they are, I actually think there's very few Democrats now. I mean, I don't know how you could sustain that. I mean, there are there are Democrats, for sure. There, there are. Well, someone's calling in. You know what? I'm going to t- go ahead and take this call. Um, uh, just uh, bear with me for a second. Um, caller, you're on the air. Yeah, real quick. Since you're talking about the subject of Mel uh, uh, Gibson, uh, Ricky Schroeder came out to the child actor, and he gave a piece to on what he experienced. It was terrifying what he told, and they did nothing to help him when he was a child. Uh, had a cassette tape of actual. Uh, experience with well it was pretty devastating it's still out there I'm sure but the other thing too uh, I don't know if you're aware but this LGB thing is getting so out of uh, place that the Armenian Christians uh, in Glendale, California yesterday uh, had enough of it because they're trying to teach their children in school and they went to protest and said you're not going to do it and, of course, uh, Antifa showed up and said, yes, you are. And the Armenians stood up, and there was fisticuffs. And the Armenians actually did a number on these uh, Antifa. Of course, the police showed up, and <clears throat> who did the police defend? The Antifa. But my point is here that it takes an Armenian Christian, someone from another country, to say enough is enough and, and, and come to stand and stand these people down. But... I don't know. I think maybe America needs to do the same thing. Right. And, uh, because it's, it's just out of control. Right. And, and they're shoving it everywhere. Right. And, uh, right. I, I hope, I hope we can stop it. Uh, well, but, well, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, a dam in South Dakota now. I left, uh, California because, uh, okay. Uh, it, it was well, just we're going to go ahead and play, uh, Mel Gibson clip and stay tuned. Listen Good. to this. Uh, this Thank is the you. clip that, uh, he shared. When he was, this is about 30 years old. He said this about 30 years ago. Um, he's very young here in this audio video. Uh, we're going to take a listen to this. All right. Yeah, Thank get you. the Ricky Shorter one too and get that play. Well, you won't I don't have that one him. handy, but yeah, well, I trust Find you. Find it. Yeah, it's good to hear All right. because you'll be shocked what you hear. Thank All you. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. So we're going to play this. Check this out. I was. I was in my, my uh, mid-twenties right. the first time I really came over. You know, I had a whole bunch of weird paranoid suspicions about what the hell was going on because there was a lot of stuff I couldn't understand. Right. Um, and nobody was really bothering to explain it to me. They don't. <clears throat> and, it, it, and I formed a bunch of opinions about the town and about the people in it that were like, Surely that couldn't be, because a whole place can't be like, you know, weird town, you know, where the stranger wanders in and, and all the people are in the bar and they all shut up when he looks at him and, mm-hmm. and they tell you don't go out of the house on the hill. and It's like that. Mm-hmm. And then you go away and you think, no, that's, I was wrong. I mean, that's insane thinking. I'm paranoid. I imagined that stuff. That couldn't be the reason for why so-and-so was acting like 
could it? Mm. And then you find out later on the track that you are exactly on track mm. with a lot of this stuff. Not specifically on no, track, no. but that you could, uh, that some of your worst nightmares were real at the time. And you think, oh, mm. it does rip your life to pieces does it? if you'll let it. Yeah. And it's always pounding at the walls. It's yeah. the, these little guys. These little heathens with no soul downstairs with horns on their head with a battering ram trying to like beat your walls in. Yeah. But it doesn't take very long before you realize, or before it gets to you, it's cascading on you all the time. You can't get away from certain attitudes, from certain modes of behavior that this town and the industry dictate. And no matter how strong you are when you come in off the farm mm. with those convictions and those and a certain line of attack no matter how strong you are you are going to be affected by this place mm. no I've, it's I've... going to divert you from where you were going sure. you're going to be diverted mm. you'll you'll eat yourself alive here mm. and i think it takes that kind of cockroach resilience to survive in this town i mean this is a bizarre place uh, the social contract you can't get mad. Mm -hmm. You can't get mad. You can't let it get you. Because you have to have, you have to make a deal with everyone else, and it's almost unspoken that you are going to be fucked over at some point. I mean, as a matter of interest, do you think it's easier because you're an outsider who came in? I think so. Yeah. Because. It was glaring to me because I was an outsider who came. Wood studios are drenched in the blood of innocent children, according to Mel Gibson, who claims the consumption of baby blood is so popular in Hollywood that it basically operates as a currency of its own. Hollywood elites are an enemy of mankind, continually acting contrary to our best interests and breaking every God-given taboo known to man. It's an open secret in Hollywood. These people have their own religious and spiritual teachings and their own social and moral frameworks. They have their sacred texts. They are sick, believe me. And they couldn't be more at odds with what America stands for. Gibson said, I don't know how to break it to you gently. Hollywood is institutionalized pedophilia. They are using and abusing kids. They churn through a huge amount of kids every year. Their spiritual beliefs, if you can call them that, direct them to harvest the energy of kids. They feast on this stuff and they thrive on it, the Hackshaw Ridge director said. What do I mean? This isn't some kind of artistic abstraction. They harvest the blood of children. They eat their flesh. They believe this gives them life force. You know, I, I have heard uh, Mel Gibson say those words. There is a uh, audio tape. Uh, and then take a listen to this guy. This guy. We're going to play just a portion of this. My name is John Paul Rice. For the people watching that may not know who I am, my friends know me. I'm an independent film producer. I've been in Hollywood for... About 20 years, I started my film career and Remember the Titans, uh, worked at Senator International, later Mandate Pictures, under the producers who did Juno, The Grudge, Harold and Kumar, Stranger Than Fiction, and uh, eventually The Hunger Games when they went back into Lionsgate. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk to everybody here today is because uh, over the last course of the last week or two, we have found out uh, without notification that Amazon.com, for which we have six of our movies on there, our film, A Child's Voice, which has been on there for over a year and a half in the UK, the United States, 
and now 70 other countries was suddenly, without notification, removed entirely from their platform. They unpublished it and they made it not searchable in most of the sites. We've only tested a few outside of the United States, but the one... So basically, he was exposing Hollywood, and they made it untenable. Um, You know, and uh, again, uh, the, uh, the clip that I wanted to play for Mel Gibson that I thought I was playing wasn't the clip. It was actually pretty close to it. Half of it was, and... The other half was this other narrator, but I actually have heard Mel Gibson say all those things. I've seen it, the video, and uh, it is unbelievable what he said about the blood and uh, children's blood and things like that. He thought that he was losing his mind, and then it turned out to be true. And I can recall also my own experience where People told me about these things, and I thought, "Ah, okay, have some more Kool-Aid. Like, you're a conspiracy nut job, right? And then (laughs) then it's turning out fiction, like in reality, right? It's like turning out life is like fiction. It's, It's, I'm almost speechless. I can't say, I mean... It's absolutely ridiculous that this stuff is happening in real life. I don't even, I don't know who lives this way. I've never met people like that. I I can't even comprehend it. I'm so I'm such a simple person. But it does exist. It's absolutely crazy. And the more and more we take a look at like take a look at your liberal friends. And ask them one day, how in the world do you support this? How in the world did we get here? It's mind-boggling to me that these people that I've known and loved that happen to be liberals, I can understand Kennedy. I can understand that democratic, you know, concept what I can't understand is how they've weaponized our government against its own people or how they've weaponized groups and played, you know, MK ultra like tactics and demoralization tactics and grooming and conditioning and used these social scientists to change behaviors in a mass scheme. And they've lied to us about climate and they've lied to us about COVID. You know, they've lied to us about weapons of mass destruction. If they would have left all of these things alone, these globalists, if they would have left them all alone, I'm talking about the Bushes and I'm talking about the Kerrys and I'm talking about the Gores and I'm talking about the Clintons and I'm talking about the Obamas. If they would have just left us alone, think about how great our country could have been. The damage that was done for power and the fight that continues is surreal. So we're going to lighten things up a little bit and we're going to listen to this comical thing. You have to go to Australia to get this done, though, because in America we don't have media 
that would cover this. So you have to go outside of our borders to find truth. Video emerged this week of gender botherer Dylan Mulvaney coming out as a lesbian, which means he's really just a straight white guy with a strange wardrobe. Poor Bud Light. They destroyed their entire brand for nothing. Dylan Mulvaney began life as a gay man. Then he was queer, then he was non-binary, and now he's a she who wants to date a woman, but with the expectation that the woman he dates will get him pregnant. I'd say that again slowly, but no matter how many times or how slowly you say it, it never makes any sense. This person has 11 million followers on TikTok. Think about that. Now, at this stage, it's easier to follow the vicissitudes of Mr. Garrison from South Park. It's like my whole life has just been one big screw up, you know? I admit it. I was I was sexually lost. I and then I see this person on Oprah. She's a woman, but then she got a sex change and became a man. But then she got pregnant and is having a baby, which means she's still a woman all along. That means I'm really still a man. I, I still feel like a man. Are we going to get tested on this? But back to Mulvaney, who went on TikTok to announce... So I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them, considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. Hang on a second. Mulvaney comes out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, and then trans, but his parents are shocked he's a lesbian. But it doesn't end there. According to Mulvaney... So I tell my dad and he goes, well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, no, no. She would be getting me pregnant. And then he said, what, do you have a vagina now? And I said, never say never. Mulvaney is no more a lesbian than the shovel in my shed and with about as much chance of getting pregnant. But I mean, never say never. Actually, my shovel has been spayed, so dad joke. But if I may, just for a moment, speak on behalf of lesbians everywhere, I'm pretty certain Mulvaney is not their type, what with him being a bloke and all. Mulvaney's mum, though, had an interesting perspective. And then I tell my mom, and she goes, I would just love to see you own property one day. Now that could be sound real estate advice, or it could be a mum who's reached the end of her patience and just wants Mulvaney out of the house. Mulvaney is clearly a fool, so... Why do we keep talking about him? Just ignore Mulvaney, people say. But never forget, it wasn't uptight conservatives who pushed Mulvaney into the limelight. Most conservatives hadn't even heard of Mulvaney until the President of the United States, no less, decided to make the gender narcissist a public spokesperson for human rights. President Joe Biden granted a sit-down interview with Mulvaney to discuss trans rights in October last year. Now, White House journalists can barely get an interview with Biden, but Mulvaney got a one-on-one chat just two weeks out from crucial midterm elections. Mulvaney began the chat with this. Mr. President, this is my 221st day of publicly transitioning. God love you. uh... Well, I'm certain God does love Dylan Mulvaney, but I'm not sure that we should give everyone God loves an international platform, which is exactly what the leader of the free world went on to tell Mulvaney that he wanted to do. Biden said it was important to him to be seen with Mulvaney in order to break down stereotypes and to normalise Mulvaney's experience. I'm not being facetious when I say this, being seen with people like you. No, I mean it. I genuinely mean it. People fear what they don't know. They fear what they don't know. 
And when people realize, individuals realize, oh, this is what they're telling me to be frightened of. This is the problem. This is, I mean, people change their minds. People are just don't know enough to know. Mulvaney is a man identifying as a woman, claiming to be a lesbian, hoping to be impregnated by a woman. And President Biden says the public need more exposure to this. I'm not questioning Mulvaney. Mulvaney should be free to do as he pleases. But you've got to ask why the President of the United States wants a cut of the action. Speaking of which, don't ever forget that major US brands from Nike to Maybelline have showered Mulvaney in money to promote their products. Western corporations have made Mulvaney a millionaire, while decent people are struggling with a mortgage and school fees. Critics like to portray Mulvaney as a joke, but Mulvaney is increasingly the face of Western culture. As President Biden says, God love you. And if I might, God help us. Well, I got to say that that piece there that you just heard is probably one of the best analysis I could offer you. Um, I've not heard anything that good in a long time. That guy's name, he's from Sky News in Australia. His name is James McPherson. Wow, what a talent. I mean, what a great mind that guy is. Uh, I love smart people, and uh, and that guy is super smart. All right, so uh, John Solomon, uh, is it Ukraine that was on the FBI document given Biden $5 million bribe? Let's take a listen to this. You're doing a lot of explaining to your colleagues, to the American public. This bribery scheme, I get a sense, and I've been doing a lot of reporting, that this does involve the country of Ukraine, a place where the Biden family has a lot of tentacles. Can you confirm that for us? Yes, it is Ukraine. This uh, uh, Form 1023 uh, involves uh, a business person uh, from Ukraine uh, who allegedly sent a bribe. Uh, substantial bribe to then Vice President Joe Biden. And if I could furthermore, there's a name I've been very familiar with in that uh, country, uh, Mr. Zolchevsky, Mikola Zolchevsky, owner of Burisma Holdings. Does he come up in this scenario at all? I, I, pre- I probably better uh, punt on, on that question. Okay. In fact, John, <laughs> the name was redacted. It so, was. Uh, okay. Yeah. I understand. Okay. Speaking Thank you, Speaking of the redactions... Obviously, sources and methods, these are the types of things that should be redacted. That's understandable. You're doing a lot of... Ex- All right. Um, let's take a listen to this. Boom. Ukraine corruption. John Kerry, all of us, were trying to get rid of that prosecutor. Remember? Um, uh, uh, Victor Shokin. Let's hear. I will tell you... Because as Secretary of State, I was deeply involved in this. All of us in the administration were trying to get rid of that prosecutor. From Obama to the Secretary of State to the Vice President, all of us were working on that. The ambassador. And and we knew if Ukraine was going to survive and win the revolution in the end, the Maidan, they had to get rid of that prosecutor. And they did. We're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. (laughs) I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. 
<laughs> got fired. Because as Secretary of State, I was deeply involved in this. All of us in the administration were trying to get rid of that prosecutor. From Obama to the Secretary of State to the Vice President, all of us were working on that. The ambassador and and we knew if Ukraine was going to survive and win the revolution in the end, the Maidan, they had to get rid of that prosecutor. And they did. Well, it was Chris Hines, his stepson, he married into the Hines fortune, John Kerry, was partnered with Hunter Biden. And we know that Hunter Biden is involved in all kinds of sexcapades and crack and flying all over the world and getting hookers everywhere he can. Who's to say Christopher Hines isn't doing the same thing? We've not heard any reports. No one really cares too much about what John Kerry is or is about. I know this. I, I haven't bought a Heinz product in in a, over, a, <laughs> I think it's been 15 years. I don't, I don't buy Heinz. I won't buy Heinz as much as I can. Um, I, they own a lot of products, but uh, yeah, they're a globalist organization. You know, they were based out of Pittsburgh. They got their roots in, in where I grew up you know, in the Ohio Valley. And uh, that's how they made their fortune. And yet they turned their backs on Americans. John Kerry is just the biggest scumbag on the planet. And now he's perpetuating the climate hoax. And I've told you, Al Gore and John Kerry get paid $500,000 a speech to sow the seeds of disinformation because they're paid by the corporations that want that slave labor. And I've told you that climate change and that climate scam is all about slave labor. That's what it's about. If you look at the Paris Agreement and you look at TPP, they don't work without U.S. involvement. They don't work without America purchasing power. So there it is. It's simple. It's very, very simple. But these people are getting, these are monsters and like Lindsey Graham did, said, you know, till we kill a bunch of Russians, right? Just reminded me of Hillary Clinton when they basically murdered Gaddafi, you know, because they wanted to run a, uh, Iraqi oil down into Africa and they didn't want Gaddafi being a toll collector. And they took him out and they stole all of his assets and gave it to ISIS and ISIS was beheading our journalists, and they were running oil into Europe and into Africa. And they did the same thing with Morsi, installing Morsi in Egypt, overthrowing Mubarak. And they all did this under the first regime of the first uh, term of Obama into the second term. And Benghazi went south, and it almost cost Obama his re-election. But he was running against two, um, Mitt Romney, who basically caved, was a do-nothing uh, globalist who invested in war. All right, we're going to lighten things up again. This is Jimmy Dory, and this was retweeted by Robert Kennedy Jr., who I like for the simple reason that he's an anti-globalist. And that's why he'll never, ever get the DNC nomination.
ever. Despite the fact that he's 10 times smarter than Biden, it's fixed. And the globalists are fixing it. Like I said, if you were to get to a nomination of Trump versus JFK or RFK Jr., you would probably have very little election fraud. If you were to have DeSantis versus um, Biden, you would have very little election fraud because the globalists don't care. They, 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 they're either going to have a globalist or they're not. But if you get someone like Trump versus Biden or RFK versus DeSantis, then you're going to have a lot of election fraud because the globalists will, will be able to change the outcome and keep a globalist in, in power. That's what it's all about. Trust me. Our enemy is not really the Democrats. Our enemy is globalism. Let's lighten things up. We're going to listen to Jimmy Dory. Uh, two clips. They're really funny. People tried to get informed about that. Other people shame them. They would say, please tell me you're not going to do your own research. <laughs> You've heard people say that. Please don't do your own research. You know, before COVID, doing your own research used to be called reading. Now you're shaming me for reading? At the behest of Big Pharma? It's like I woke up in the middle of a Bill Hicks bit. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. Tell me, boy, what you reading for? you know everything that needs to be read has already been readed by a smart person <laughs> that's how much people internalized the propaganda from big pharma was that they would shape they would be anti-intellectual enough to shame people for reading while they're wagging their finger at them for doing it you would never shame people for trying to get informed no matter what other subject it was no matter how unimportant like if i say hey i'm gonna go i'm gonna go buy a car don't look into it Well, how will I know which car to get? Ask the salesman. He's the expert. What are you, Henry Ford? All right, that's pretty good. And uh, we got one more. Uh, this one, let's take a listen to this. But the weird thing that happened around COVID, I'd never noticed this before in any other time of my life, but you weren't allowed to ask questions at any point during this. You just had to, you had to do what the man on the TV said, right? You had to do what the man on the TV said without questions, and then you're a good person. But if you question it, then you're a white supremacist, Trumper, not, I'm like, whoa, no, no. No, I didn't vote for Trump. I just have questions. Jimmy, only dumb people ask questions. No, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to question authority. It's like a value. Uh, is that what they taught you in comedy school? <laughs> yeah, that is what they taught me in comedy school. Isn't that weird? 
It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Even comedians would get on stage and they would shame people for trying to get informed about a medical treatment that was experimental that they had to take or they would lose their jobs and they wouldn't be able to travel. And when people tried to get informed about that, other people shamed them. They would say, please tell me you're not going to do your own research. (laughs) You've heard people say that. Please don't do your own research. You know, before COVID, doing your own research used to be called reading. (laughs) All right. We heard that part. But yeah, that that was the, the other clip. Um, let's take a listen to this. This is really, really good too. This is, uh, um, Peter, uh, Peterson. Um, let's, let's take a listen. Why should your right to freedom of speech trump a trans person's right not to be offended? Because in order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. I mean, look at the conversation we're having right now. You're certainly willing to risk offending me in the pursuit of truth. Why should you have the right to do that? It's been rather uncomfortable. Except you haven't sat there and I'm just trying I'm just trying to work that out. I mean Ha, gotcha. You have got me, you have got me. <laughs> I love that. I I, I I didn't play the full thing in the last episode of our show. Uh, I want to say this. BlackRock, Vanguard use their clout to promote agenda politics in companies sparking nationwide boycotts from customers. And uh, also, um, yeah, there was a clip I wanted to play associated with that, but uh, I'm not going to be able to uh, have time to get to that yet. Um, I wanted to uh, also, let's see, where else do I want to go with this? Every clip I have is a little too long. Uh, I Oh, here, this is a good one. All right, this is Jim Carrey about vaccines. Let's take a listen. Back in 1989, this shot schedule was 10 shots given. 10 shots given. When I was a kid, what did we get? Three? It's twice as many as anywhere else in, in 30 countries in the Western world. But, uh, we give twice as many shots as any of those countries. Why is that? Well, you should educate yourself. We want to empower parents to educate themselves. Do we need to have the chicken pox? Do we need the hepatitis B shot on the second day of life? I don't think we can afford to assume that the people who are charged with our our public health any longer have our best interest at heart all the time. So there it is. You know, Jim Carrey, a long time ago, was an activist on this stuff, and all of a sudden, you know, he's comically liberal. But in any case, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapac.org, magapac.org. You can also go to buglecall.org where you can see a list of our our entire list of board members. Uh, make a donation if you can to help us support America First policies to make America great again. Also, uh, be sure to use Red State as your promo code, Red State, over at MyPillow. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. Mr. Bye. Mr. Barry, my kids right up to there.